What is up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of The Cut. I'm your host, Christian Williams, and I am here, as always, with Randy Hall. Randy, how are you, man? Doing good, man. Just got to watch uh, the Peacocks get a big upset. So got some good college football in before the show, before I continue to watch college basketball, before I continue to watch college basketball as the show goes. But uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah, fun. Yeah. You watching uh, UNC UCLA now? Yeah. That would be the smart one to watch, I think. Also, we have Adam here. It's been a while since Adam has made an appearance on a podcast, but Adam, man, how are you? Dude, I'm living the dream. I mean, anytime I get to talk about the Eagles and, you know, drink my sorrows away because it's Philadelphia sports, you know, it's what, what, what kind I want in life. Well, as as Browns fans, we know. We know that <laughs> feeling. Um, probably to a, a, a just a different extent at this point. We don't yeah, know what the Browns are doing. Allegedly to a different extent. Um, right. Yeah. So, all right, guys, welcome in. We are, as Adam alluded to, we are talking about the Philadelphia Eagles tonight. Uh, Adam is a resident Eagles fan. He is basically our Eagles insider is what we call him. He was on this episode last year, I believe, and we had a good time with it. Uh, and we we joked before the show that nothing much has changed. Uh, a lot of the same from last year, but still should be a good show. We're going to talk about Howie Roseman and Nick Sirianni and what that situation looks like. Uh, the current cap situation, how we would go about their draft, where they have eight million picks in the first five rounds. You can you can count them up. It's about eight million. Um, and then yeah. yeah, we're gonna we're gonna see how we fix up the Eagles. So let's get right into it. Randy, walk me through their general manager, the Roseman. Uh, yeah. Don't call him that. Don't ever call him that. <laughs> we'll just stop you right there. Don't call him that. No. The, All right. the much allied uh, Roseman <laughs> here. Uh, <laughs> he He's literally an Eagle through and through uh, to a lot of Eagles fans dismay, unfortunately, but I uh, started as an intern uh, in at 2000 with the Eagles and moved his way up to director of football administration, VP of football administration, manager of the scouts uh, and player personnel. And then, uh, 2010 he was the eagles gm for four years until he was fired for a year and then came back from 2016 till now as the eagles gm uh as jason kelsey's was put and quoted by uh, adam they put him in a corner for a year uh he just sat there but uh he i i think he's has a history of giving out really bad contracts uh to really fight to get back to the super bowl of recently but I think he's done a good job this year so far, at least not doing that. So there's some hope <laughs> in the rebuild. Uh, and then he, I put probably top three in league history and contract restructures. Uh, the only team really fighting him is the Saints. And I think now the Packers. <laughs> so, the, I, you know, they didn't do as much this year. But last year was horrendous with how much they had to do with the cap. And Carson Wentz was a big part of that. and. That's off the books, thankfully. And you have Jalen Hurts now, who's definitely an upgrade, as we saw this last year. Um, but still, you know, he's still dealing with a lot of the veterans and some bad contracts. And th- this is a team that needs to continue to finish this rebuild, which I'm not sure this year finishes it necessarily. But they've done a lot of good things. So there's some good things. I'm not sure it's all Roseman, but they've done a good things. But you know, I had this in here last year. This is literally copy and pasted from last year in the doc for you guys. Not a great drafter. <laughs> Refuses to value the linebacker position, even though it's usually the most needed position in every draft. 
reach for Rager that'll never go off his resume. Uh, wants to be a Q- QB factory instead of filling out holes, also never going off the resume. You're just trying to make me like miserable right now. Like that's <laughs> like, you, buddy. I'm getting it off the table so you don't have to re say it again. You know. But now I gotta go through the, the whole show and remember that that's all the stuff that he's done. Yeah, I know. Hasn't hit a corner. Let's keep it going. But he has made a lot of trench picks, and I would say that's really where he's done a good job. Um, besides, I guess you could put in quarterback, because I would argue the last two quarterbacks he's picked have been pretty good. Yeah, I, I would argue that they're both hits, especially Hurts for where he was drafted, despite the situation being really strange and whatnot. But Adam, so we know how you feel about Howie Roseman. Um, I love him so much. Do Lifetime you think, contract. So, so I know we're going to get to the mock drafts later, but with and and the free agent signings, but with still no investment in the linebacker position, is this the year that he actually takes the leap and takes a first round linebacker or even a a day two linebacker? Do you think that that's on the table this year? No, I mean every year we're we always talk about oh this media he values the linebacker. You know, last year, you know, I'm happy with the Devonte Smith pick. Micah Parsons, who was arguably the best defensive player in that whole draft and then showed very well he was the best defensive player in the draft in almost the league last year and, you know, let him sit and fall right to our friends down in Dallas. Like, he's not going to start valuing the linebacker position. It's not going to just change, like, the flip of a switch with him. Even last year, uh, Jeremiah Owusu-Kormo was sitting there in the second round and we went with, Landon Dickerson at the position that we didn't even use him at. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, he's not going to start valuing. It's Howie Roseman. We'll drop the quarterback at 15 and probably 16 and, you know, <laughs> keep with the quarterback factory going. D-tackle at 19. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't blame you for feeling that way. I think he views it as, like, the last uh, part to, like, the finish the rebuild. Which is fair, I get. Like, if you don't value position, really, uh, but <laughs> their linebackers really aren't good. So no, we don't have to... a linebacker. Just no, might as well just put put a safety there. Your best one is now Hassan Riddick, who is uh, an edge rusher more than anything. But besides that, it would be T.J. Edwards. I would Great. maybe Davion Taylor, but that's kind of the same thing as Riddick. Yeah, well, Davion is one of the misses. I would argue. I would um, argue <laughs> just for where. <laughs> For where Shit. he was drafted. Oh, um, Christian. Oh, Kevin's in here. Kevin's a Cowboys <laughs> fan. Sorry, Adam. I apologize. I'm used um, to it. Yeah, that's cool. That's fair. Um, so, we have a Super Bowl in, in my lifetime. Damn. Damn. That's, that's fair. We we don't want to start fights here, though. Uh, so let's move on to uh, Nick Sirianni, who I was actually fairly impressed with last year. Um, you know, a lot of people are talking. I, I've been in a, a few conversations about – how he reshaped what he wanted the offense to be based on the talent that he had there. And that was by far the most impressive thing. But Randy, walk me through a little bit of his history, uh, what he's done in his career thus far. Yeah, so uh, he's basically always been an offensive coach. Started off with the Chiefs in 09 for three years as quality control coach and then wide receiver coach. Uh, moved to the Chargers for the same thing, offensive quality control, and then quarterback coach and wide receiver coach through a four-year tenure. He had all three of those positions and finished it off with his most like well-known position being the three-year 
offensive coordinator for the Colts, um, which, you know, they had good offenses, but, you know, Philip, the, the best years was the Philip Rivers year with Jonathan Taylor's rookie year. So uh, while it did start rough for Jonathan Taylor, he ended very strong. I'm not sure he should get full credit for all of that, but, you know, with what he's done in the first year for the Eagles with an offense, not always looking tremendous, but the talent is part of the reason for that. Uh, but I think he put a good offense in place for Jalen Hurts, at least. Yeah. Purely from a feelings perspective, Adam, how, how do you feel about Sirianni after his first year? After his first year, like if you were told me, said, asked me this, I think after like week eight or nine, like halfway throughout the season, I would have been like, fire him. Like get, get this guy out of here. Like I'm ready. Like give, give me literally anybody else. Okay. Well, I considered it Chip Kelly again. But he really was like he was a rookie head coach for the first eight to nine weeks of the season, like not running the ball. You know, him being a wide receiver guy was making it obvious by throwing the ball every single play until the fourth quarter where we're like, oh, maybe we should run the ball. Um, But by the way, he ended the season. He got a lot more trust, I think, in the fan base throughout. There are still a lot of questionable calls where, you know, even though there are games late in the season where he wouldn't run the ball for the first quarter, and we still ended up as the NFL's leading rushing team. So still don't comprehend that, how Miles Sanders didn't score a touchdown. But, you know, yeah. I like him. I think he got a bad rep after his initial press conference with the Eagles, and everyone was like, what is this guy? This guy can't even do a press conference. How is he going to coach the Eagles? But, like, rookie season – Rookie quarterback took the team to the playoffs. Yeah, we got our asses kicked by Tampa, but I mean, he did a lot of stuff that no one thought was going to happen after his yeah. initial press conference. So, what I'll was take the uh, what was the analogy he used about he's growing? He he did this hand motion where he he's growing something. He like plant a seed or something. That was him, right? He did that. He he's, he had that crazy. Sounds about right for for it, him. I feel like it was in the <laughs> it was in training camp. I will I will say he's, too. His, he's still trying to work at his analogies for <laughs> it. Yeah. Well, his his opening press conference was a train wreck, and I could understand why Eagles fans were worried because I was worried, and I'm not an Eagles fan. Uh, it, it's rare that you see a guy go up there, stammer, uh, be super super nervous, and then become this really good head coach. Now. I would argue that he did a good job. He did a good job adjusting. I think the jury is still out. Uh, I think that we don't know if we've seen what he wants the offense to be. And I would argue that maybe, like Randy said, that the pieces just weren't there for him to do that. They have the ability to go get the pieces now. And making the playoffs in your in your first year as a head coach shouldn't be you know, frowned upon. That That's a very good thing but we keep talking about the rebuild and I don't know. It was more of a retool in my opinion. Like I think they still had pieces on that defense and in that trench, at least um, I, I saw you make a face, Randy. What were you going to, well, I was going to say it, it's, it was more of a retool because they were strangleholded by the cap last year. So this is okay. really, it, it was basically an unofficial nothing. Like they couldn't really do anything except make the best draft picks that they could. And I'd argue last year was a pretty good draft. I mean, maybe it's carried by Devonta Smith a little bit, and that was kind of an easy pick. 
Uh, but they did the smart thing by getting ahead of Dallas to get him for the guy that they wanted. Uh, something I'd argue that they could do this year as well. Um, but that's I I agree it wasn't necessarily a rebuild, but I think that's what they needed to do last year and they couldn't. And because of how well they played, it's now officially more retool and uh, you know get more development, more youth into this team instead of a full rebuild now. Yeah. All right, before we get into the cap situation, so we've talked about the Eagles were fairly successful last year. They finished the year very strong. Uh, but what I want to know from from you, Adam, is do you believe that Jalen Hurts is the long-term solution? I don't know about long-term. Um, just we haven't seen enough from him. But I think he's earned the right to have the job for at least one to two more seasons. At least one, and I think honestly even two. Um, he's done nothing to, I think, lose the job. Like people are like, you know, him playing bad in some in some area games. It's like, you know what, people are gonna are gonna do that. Um, but it seems like when Jalen Rieger drops the ball when the ball is in his hands, it's you know Jalen hurts his fault. Like, oh, look at this terrible throw. It's like it was in his hands. Like, <laughs> okay, it could have been overthrown, but it was also in his hands. So. I don't. I think they need to invest in him. I don't think if we he's playing with a lot of rumors like he was playing all off season so far that they were going to trade for Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson. Like it's hard for a quarterback to to listen to that. We've seen some quarterbacks fold within forty eight hours and post a goodbye to Cleveland, and we've seen some quarterbacks you know step up and you know they take the team to the NFC Championship game. So he hasn't done anything to me to say like. Draft Matt Corral, draft Kenny Pickett, but he's also done nothing to say like give this guy the money that we gave Carson. That's fair, Randy. What do you think? Do you, do you agree with that assessment of her? Yeah, I, I agree. I think this time last year, I was more in the camp like, yeah, he had some good like flashes, but there really wasn't anything. And I don't think he's really like grown in the flashes department, but we got to see it a little bit more like consistently. So while this may be closer to his ceiling than some would hope, um, I think he's, like you said, he hasn't done anything to lose the job. He hasn't done anything to lock up the job either, but he's done enough to get himself at least another shot. And the Eagles are one of those teams that were really, like, routinely, like, banged up lightly all through the year. Like, no major injuries, really. But, like, every other game, it felt like one key piece was out or, uh, Everybody's here. We're the worst training staff in the NFL. I know. It's, it's, no, it's the Browns do. No, Sorry, Brown. buddy. NFC then. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, I think he's done good enough. I, I think I, like we talked about off air, I think I agree that uh, there's a chance if there's a good quarterback sitting there in the second round, he might be tempted again, Howie, that is, to reset the quarterback factory which is unfortunate for all eagles fans obviously don't remind me that well they still have they still have holes and i even though you have the three first round picks you can't fill every hole with those picks and there's a better than slim chance uh, that they trade back in the first and try to acquire first next year to have two first round picks in back-to-back years which is smart especially with quarterback necessarily uncertainty i guess you would say not controversy uh, so we'll, we'll see. I, I, I don't want them to draft a quarterback. Do you, just looking as a team building, like Same. they need to, they need to, I they, agree. They could, they could easily fill holes and give themselves ability to be flexible as veterans next year, uh, with this draft easily. 
like you just have to make the right picks. And the board has to fall, obviously. But you have to invest in Jalen. Like it's yeah. not going to do good for his development. Like Carson's biggest issue was we drafted Jalen, and he got pissed off about it. Like I don't think Jalen's as big of a baby as Carson is, but like it's not going to be good for his development if you don't build around him. And you build around by getting a solid defense that keeps the offense on the field, or you get him weapons and you protect them in the line, not by drafting Kenny Pickett. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, that stuff, that stuff, that's not going to happen. Uh, first of all, because I, <clears throat> I think Kenny Pickett is for some reason going to go in the top ten. I, I am starting to believe that based on everything. I'm How he will so. trade up? <laughs> yeah, he if, would. if it's a trade involving quarterback, he's the best there, there ever was. <laughs> um now now my take on Hertz is and I'm a big Hertz guy. I believe in Hertz. I think he's a good quarterback. But with what we've seen from the NFL, especially on the AFC side and the NFC hasn't really caught up yet. Um but what we've seen is that if you don't have an elite guy, you don't have one. You don't have any quarterback. And so I think the smart move would be to hedge like Randy said, maybe try to go get some 2023 assets because I think C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young and potentially Will Levis, those are my three right now, I think they could be that. I think they could be in that elite tier with some development. Stroud might already be there, but there is no reason to to take a swing on this class when you've got that class coming, you know? so Yeah, this class for a couple teams is going to be key because these are talented quarterbacks. They're just not, at this point, elite they could be at some point here with some development. And that's the thing people seem to forget that these guys can develop. Uh, <laughs> just like, well, just like with the Jalen Hurts pick, everyone hated it and he's developed into a good quarterback. So, uh, you know, does he run more because of the system that I think I, I would like for pure development? Yeah, but it works. So you gotta do with what works. Yeah. All right. Let's move into the cap situation and, and kind of what we're looking at. Talk about their their free agency moves thus far. So, Randy, where are they sitting cap-wise? And then walk us through free agency. So this cap number isn't 100% correct, and this is because of a, a signing of Derek Barnett, a re-signing. So I don't know what it actually is because those numbers aren't out yet. But yesterday when I checked, it was $22,782,250 in, in the plus, which is weird to see for the Eagles. I know they had to be in the plus by this time, anyways. But they have twenty-two million. That's that's saying they did a relatively good job of getting here, and they haven't overly spent this free agency. They've re-signed a ton of people, <laughs> uh, and they've made like one big signing. So uh, they've been smart with the money, and hopefully give you flexibility down the road, which is what they need. So, yeah. Um, so. They haven't made any any trades, which is good news in my opinion. They were, as Adam alluded to, as Adam alluded to, they were in the sweepstakes for Russell Wilson, and I think that one was more a pride thing because they wanted to draft him the year that he came out, Um, and that has been like widely reported. Um, But then the Deshaun Watson, they pulled out fairly early, um, which. We're not going to get into Deshaun Watson every episode of this this show, so I don't want to really talk about him. Right. But, uh, but I, I think it's worth noting that they were exploring upgrades at, at the position, but they decided not to, to take those upgrades. Um, 
one thing I've noticed from their free agency thus far is they have gone very, very much so short-term deals. One or two-year deals outside of Hassan Reddick. They signed him for three years, $45 million. Well-deserved. He's had two good years in a row. He took a little while, but like we just talked about, he developed, and he's a really good player, and I think that was a perfect signing for, for what they want to do with their linebackers. Uh, Randy, who else did they sign? And then we'll go to Adam for... <laughs> Uh, for reaction to who else they've signed. Yeah, I believe the only other fresh face is Zach Pascal, uh, one year, one and a half million. Um, I believe the Andre Chachari, <laughs> Chichiri is a resign. I can't recall for that one though. But they no, resigned Boston. He's new. Okay, but they they signed him for less than a million, so he's not a real impact impact guy. But they cut and then brought back Fletcher Cox for one year, fourteen million. Kelsey's on his retirement tour for one year, $14 million. So those are your two icons of the last decade or so that are both on one-year, maybe last contracts uh, for Fletcher, but definitely for Kelsey, it seems. Uh, so they are pieces you have to replace, and I don't know if you could ever actually replace them, but a lot of fans I've heard want to this year with certain people, so we'll see how that goes. But brought back Boston Scott for some reason, brought back Egg Ward. I actually don't hate that one. I think he had a better year this last year with a little bit more playing time than he probably deserved. Uh, brought back Anthony Harris for two and a half million, probably not deserved. And then brought back Derek Barnett for two years. Let's call it four million a year. Uh, probably not deserved there either. See, I, I feel like he probably got more than that, too, <clears throat> just because, well, then again, they signed him because he didn't really have a market, I assume, yeah. and so maybe they got him at a, a decent deal. He's not very good. Um, the fact, he was on a fifth-year option last year, right? He was. He was on a fifth-year option, and he got more penalties than sacks. Uh, there's a lot of character concerns with Barnett, more than, like, actual talent concerns, necessarily, so the, and the character affects effort the issues yeah. so adam how have you felt about the eagles activity in free agency thus far so the two big ones um or at least the two ones that kept the fan favorites with fletcher and jason kelsey like i explained we, we jason kelsey's been contemplating retirement ever since we won the super bowl like even that year he was like i'm this might be it where to go out um but i think this truly actually is going to be it for him especially just the way eagles twitter and all the social media accounts were were reacting when they re-signed him um going throughout like all his team photos throughout the years and showing how much he's changed and doing like all these videos i'm like it just shit tells you kind of right there that it's probably gonna be the end for him um and he's one of those players that i think he's done so much for the team that like I don't, we don't want to see him playing in another uniform and we want to give him that opportunity to, to go out like he deserves. And it's not like he's hasn't played bad. He was all pro last year. Um, so like, it's not like we just are taking another bad veteran and extending them like every other Philly team likes to do. Um, like we're still, we're bringing back an all pro center. Like you can't yeah. beat that. And I'm with one of the players, I hope we, can land in the draft. I think it's a great fit for that person to play behind an all pro and probably future hall of famer, Jason Kelsey. And then same thing with Fletcher Cox. I expect us to acknowledge the defensive line like we normally do in the draft. And he's a veteran player that's going to be able to train these new guys. Even some of the guys we took last year in the draft that are, you know, are young that got a little bit of playing time when 
the injury bug hit us week one and weeks one through 17. So I like that move. And it's not like Fletcher Cox was bad. And it was like the whole time, we're like, we'll get this guy off the field. No, he was still putting up good numbers. So still getting to the quarterback consistently. It wasn't like we re-signed, you know, Boston Scott again for another 10 years. <laughs> that, yeah, that, I mean, I don't know. Howie has a horrible reputation of taking players that he should cut, should let walk, and then really stretching them out until it is too long. J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, Jalen Rager, um, I, Boston I ass- Scott now. <laughs> do you assume, as I do, that once they draft at least one receiver, J.J. is probably going to get cut in the offseason? I mean, he better. I mean, he should have been cut multiple years ago. Yeah. Every but year, they, it's like J.J. should have been cut. They, he should listen, have been they, like, they need the receiver depth is the problem. Yeah, but I'd rather just at this point, like he's useless. Like he doesn't contribute to the team. I'd rather just throw the ball to Devontae Smith and put four corners. The the defense put four corners on him because that's still a better chance (laughs) of that being successful than JJ Arcega was. The Michael Pittman treatment. I like it. Uh, (laughs) I will say, though, uh, for Eagles fans, be ready for Zach Pascal to get this Boston Scott treatment for the rest of his career. Uh, Oh, yeah, 100%. he is he is Sirianni's guy. So as long as Sirianni is around, uh, he quote unquote built him, you know, into a reliable piece. And he's actually a reliable receiver. He actually catches the ball on like most depth pieces of the Eagles. Uh, yes, I, I'm also annoyed because I have Jalen Hurts in a lot of fantasy leagues. So uh, <laughs> uh, oh. I, I like P- Pascal a lot. I just I'm just saying. I think he's going to keep signing one year, uh, one million dollar contracts. Someone someone called Pascal the Andy Dalton of wide receivers, and I think they were meaning to be like rude about it, but I think that's actually a compliment. Like Andy yeah. Dalton goes out, he gets his job done. He's not flashy. Yeah. He's not he's, the most exciting player. He's not a top. He's not. He's not a QB one. He's not a wide receiver one. But he he'll yeah. catch a ball. He'll, he'll well, get five. He'll get four touchdowns and five hundred yards every year. You know, <laughs> that's a massive upgrade. That's an upgrade yeah. from. I mean, I would argue that Pascal he can is a catch. better player than He's Rager. already better yeah. than Jalen Rieger. He, he'll yeah. be an upgrade, even if he rightfully so is going to be the wide receiver four on the team by the end of the draft. It's still an upgrade, and I think it's a really good signing. Yeah. All right, let's talk through some guys that they still have yet to sign. Um, so the remaining free agents that we would call key, uh, Steven Nelson, Ryan Kerrigan, but Eagles fans do not want Ryan Kerrigan back at all. Uh, he had a really, really poor year after coming over from Washington. People actually wondered if he was throwing games because he was so ingrained in Washington. Uh, but also Rodney McLeod, uh, Son Ridgeway, Jordan Howard, Jannard Avery, Jason Kroom, and Alex Singleton. Uh, Ridgeway and Singleton have signed elsewhere. Randy, do you know where off the top of your head? Because I don't. Singleton went to the to Denver. Yeah, Ridgeway. I don't, I don't know, remember. Ridgeway. He was a Ridgeway was a recent signing. Like after I put the list together, I had to re-highlight him afterwards. Uh, let's uh, see what I gotcha. Wikipedia says. San Francisco. <laughs> Wikipedia never lies. Oh, and all that. Don't uh, take that to heart, everyone. We don't. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> but I arguably there's no important free agents left for them. Uh, the only one would be Roddy McLeod only as a position filler right now, uh, not as actual talent. Uh, he did not play well last year. Uh, just <laughs> and he saying. played a lot last year, too. He That's played a lot. Uh, yeah. 
they they are not particularly good at the safety position. Uh, Anthony Harris obviously is going to return as a starter. I think like they have good like depth pieces that could become something, but uh, they I would not be surprised if they uh, valued safety highly in the draft. I agree. Uh, I also want to note, Jannard Avery has taken visits elsewhere. Jannard Avery is not coming back. Uh, Hassan Reddick will take that role. Um, they play a very similar style in that yeah. like, they're a rushing outside linebacker. No point in bringing Avery back. Probably. Nope. And once, I mean, re-signing Barnett also just took that completely away, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's talk through some team needs. So uh, we've, oh, we've kind of... Do we, we, don't have, we don't have five days to talk about that. <laughs> We're not that You're right. Randy, Randy, how would you classify or how would you rank their team needs currently? Okay, so I have cornerback as corner. I want to emphasize that again. Uh, not quarter. Uh, as the top team need. So it starts with CB right there. Uh, <laughs> they have Darius Slay. Obviously, tremendous corner. Still great. Still killing it. No question there. But besides that, Avante Maddox is kind of there too. They've taken some shots on McPherson and Kerry Vincent Jr. that there could work out. I'm just not quite sure. Uh, they need another corner, plain and simple, like an actual top talent corner, in my opinion, or at least a rookie. To you could take a developmental one again because well, Avante Maddox is also a, a slot corner. Yes, he is. Yeah, like and then we we tried using him not in the slot, and guess what? Yeah, he's not, not a good. Not a great idea. Uh, so yeah, corners top of it. Wide receiver. I still have the second because you basically have Devonta Smith. There's some things with Quez that people really like. I think he can keep developing. Maybe Rager hasn't developed at all. Pascal's a good depth signing. So you need a top end receiver to pair with Smith for the long haul. And to your offensive line, their right guard situation is not good. Uh, arguably, the left guard somewhat set, but. If Kelsey retires and you don't draft another center this year or next year, Dickerson is moving into center. I can pretty much just tell you that. Obviously, if you don't draft a center either year, he's your center. So you need guard help. Uh, safety, as I already mentioned, that position. Edge was top of the list for most places. I've moved it down after the Reddick signing and re-signing of Derek Barnett. Uh, that's not a, a validation of the Barnett signing. It's just you have a lot of them, so I think they value it a little bit less. Um, linebacker because it should be higher, but it's Howie, so it's a little lower. They don't really have good linebackers in the middle. You're just uh, listing every position on an NFL roster at this point. Most teams have every position, so don't <laughs> worry. Offensive tackles on here because, uh, for me, like they don't, they have some good backups. Like I think Dillard could be something still in the long haul, but man, you uh, stop lying to your. To your I'm just trying to be nice. <laughs> But Lane Johnson is an older veteran that they should look to replace. Uh, while Mylotta actually has played relatively well, so good for them. And there. he can sing, in fact. And he can sing, yes, very That's well. Yeah. Uh, running back is on here because they are going to draft a running back. Just telling you that now, uh, especially if they don't resign Jordan Howard, they will be signing a power back uh, or drafting a power back. Uh, I have interior defensive line weight on the list. Because of the resigning of Fletcher Cox, I think him and Hargrave are really good together. I think Milton Williams can give you really good pass snaps. And then you have uh, Tui Poliotu. I, I had it right last year. I, you, I was just going to say you forgot that already. <laughs> yeah, I know. I shut <laughs> up. Uh, but I, it's the first time I tried to say it since last year. Uh, <laughs> That's why I haven't tried I, I think he's a good developmental piece, along with Marvin Wilson as well. So you have some depth there. 
I know at least Eagles fans from what I've seen really want like the top D tackles in this class to really replace Fletcher. But besides that, if you're not doing that, I think it should be a lot lower on the list. And then quarterback is last because yeah, you have Hertz and Minshew, uh, but I don't think you have Menchie really passed this year and getting some developmental backup is a smart idea. Yeah, I like it. Adam, would you flip corner and wide receiver? Uh, just judging by your discussion of Rager and Jay Jaw. So, no. Um, Fair. Neither would I. I think, I think, we, I think we, we need to get another corner um, desperately. Um, you gotta say, like we said, Darius Light is phenomenal. Um, we don't need to replace him, but we need to partner somebody with him. Um, he did a really good job last year. Now, of all the kind of top end wide receivers we saw throughout the season, you know, kind of locking them down. But we're seeing a lot of teams move where they have one or two or sometimes three really good wide receivers, and we're getting burned on those two guys. And it's like, yeah, so and so's you know had an off game, but. Everybody else had a career career game, so right. I I'm a big advocate. We need to build our defense first, because if we keep our defense on the field consistently, then we're gonna keep losing games. Um, but then when you kind of look at wide receivers, we need a wide receiver. There's no if fans or buts about it. Um, Devonte Smith, I think, is gonna be on his way to to being a star. Um, but like I just said, teams are two to three when Eagles won the Super Bowl, we had three wide receivers that year that were playing well that year. Nelson Aguilar played well that year. Um, so yeah, that's where we need for the team. Then like, it's kind of my two cents, but kind of one position that you didn't mention Randy, that I is a big concern and I'm not sure they need to sign somebody, tr- draft somebody, but you need to figure out who the hell our punt returner is going to be. Because Jalen Rager is even a worse punt returner. Yeah, you, you saw how bad he is as a, a wide receiver. Oh, my God. He's even worse as a punt returner. Yeah. And that's, yeah. for me, I think that's where you double dip. I, we only do five-round mocks, and I think you double dip the receiver position in the sixth round uh, and get that punt returner there who also can be an effective death piece. Uh, try and get the mold of, uh, you know, uh, who the fuck is the Jets white guy? There he is. <laughs> Yeah, awesome? try and get the Barrios. Yeah, yeah, I <laughs> yeah. see what you did there. I like that. Uh, That's fair. <laughs> you went for the quarterback. Um, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of agree with all of all of those assessments. Um, I, I too, I think they need a corner badly. I think Avante Maddox actually played fairly well in uh, when he moved back to the slot. Like he's a, he's a pretty good he's corner, a decent slot corner. Like he's startable, easy. It's just yeah. you, they have no he one has to be in the up. slot. Yeah, he, there's no one who stepped up on the outside. I would argue that Vincent is your Maddox replacement in the slot right. eventually while he continues to develop. So you really have no one on the other side that's really done anything that deserves to have a spot set for them. I was kind of wondering that, Randy, you mentioned the running back, you know, kind of thinking about it is for the last couple of years, even like the last year or two, it's been talked about, we're going to move on from Miles Sanders. We, I don't believe we've, at, we've paid him yet. I believe no. he's still – how he's not going to pay him. He hasn't – I'm already with that. How he's going to pay him. How he shouldn't pay him. Um, he hasn't <laughs> yeah. deserved we'll it. Um, but, like, we have, you know, like, oh, we have a lot of depth at the running back position. Just because you have 
Jordan Howard in there, and I'm just you know give it to week three when we sign him. Uh, it's usually when he <laughs> shows back up in the team, but we haven't had that true RB one in Philly. Like even Miles Sanders, he can't stay healthy. He can't stay on the field. Yeah, I agree, yeah. and he he hasn't been successful in the red zone either, and that's been the recurring Jordan Howard role because of that. So we'll see what happens. I would hope they don't draft one with any of the picks we go over. Maybe a fifth round picks. They do have three of them. Um, just I think they'll draft one in earlier now. Coming to think of it, I which think they probably do day two, means. and I think that's really stupid. It's just you know, it's just it's what they Sorry, do. Who's the GM? I know it's Howie. I know. <laughs> yeah. So the last point I wanted to make, and just kind of like a. A uh, good thing for Eagles fans and good thing Ooh. for you, Adam. I'm I'm intrigued I'm to see. I'm intrigued to see what uh, Jacoby Stevens does in his second year as a linebacker because he played safety at LSU. He wasn't a very good one. Uh, I struggled to grade him as a safety, and then what he moved to linebacker because he's just a bigger dude and he's kind of slow for for safety at least. Um, I, I'm intrigued to see if he can kind of develop i guess and and kind of learn the position a little more than he he currently does that's an intriguing piece it's not something you want to rely on at all uh, i also kind of the other thing like i want to see what jonathan gannon does in year two yeah he struggled more than nick sirianni and i think nick sirianni was the scapegoat which is i mean he's the head coach he's going to be the scapegoat yeah but i'm curious what you know jonathan gannon was interviewing for a lot of head coaching jobs weirdly and I'm curious now what he's going to do, like developmental wise, because all the teams that he was interviewing with were teams that need to de- to develop talent. And if that's what a team wants to look at next year or two, he needs to develop his talent and take guys who were drafted as safeties, like Jacoby Stevens, and show him, hey, I can take someone who's a giant safety and turn him into, you know, a valuable linebacker for a team. So he's going to be also need the one to step up and yeah, be what we. He thinks he can be. Yeah. All right. We need to get into our mock drafts so we can get through them. But uh, Randy and I typically go our full mock and that like Randy's full mock, then my full mock is how we traditionally do it. You Neither of you guys made any trades, right? No. No. It's too complicated for me. Well, and I, I think they will trade for what it's worth. And I did incorporate one singular trade, but I didn't add any picks in this year's draft. So what I want to do with this is we can just go pick by pick uh, and say what our selection is. So uh, we'll let Adam do the honors here. The first pick they have is is the 15th overall pick. Yeah. Adam, where'd you go with it? So I do think no matter what, one of the first one of their three first round picks is going to be moved. Um and I think it's going to be for a team that wants to trade up. And I think they're going to take that pick and trade back. I really don't expect to see them move up at all. I think it's going to be just because, like, they have three. So there's a, there's wiggle room that if they have a guy, there's there's a good chance they're going to get their guy. Um, or if they don't, they have their backup guy. Um, but I think it's going to be a team that wants to trade back into the first round or it has a late first-round pick and will move back, get a couple more assets because we don't have enough picks in this year's draft. Um but I went with the the biggest need on offense, wide receiver. So I went with Garrett Wilson, um, wide receiver from Ohio State. Um, and we need another wide receiver to pair next to Devontae. So um, I think he's the best wide receiver in the draft. Um, I don't really – it's kind of one of those things that 
anyone they kind of pick here, if their projector is a first-round pick, is going to be an upgrade to their wide receiver too. And we're not trying to find someone to take over wide receiver one position. We need someone to play alongside Devontae Smith, and I think Wilson – I mean, anybody can do it, but I just want to with Wilson for this pick. I like it. I, I do – I think that's a really good fit. I think it's something similar to Devontae, but I think that that's what they want out of the receivers mm-hmm. in this offense, so it makes some sense to me. Randy, where did you go with your first pick? I'm with Garrett Wilson as well. I think – genius, a genius man. I know. I, I think him <laughs> – or like Olave or Dotson is what they're gonna want best for this mm-hmm. offense. You want people to get open right away. I well, I, I I personally like to diversify the receiver position, so I would probably target like a Drake London for them or Traylon. It's not really what they should build. Uh, you know with what they're doing with this offense. You want guys that separate early and often, and you can do some a lot of crossing and a lot of gadget stuff. That's Devonta Smith and Garrett Wilson to me. Yeah. I like the pick. I did go in a different direction. I actually didn't attack wide receiver until late. And we'll, we'll get to my wide receiver pick later because I actually do like it. But with this first pick at, at 15 overall, I went with Zion Johnson, the guard from Boston College. He has positional versatility. He's a really great athlete. He's got really fun tape. He has seen his stock go crazy over the last two months. Uh, he was hyped up pretty good at the Senior Bowl, and he had some rough reps, but – his film this year was borderline first round tape. And I think that we've gotten to a point where the Eagles would look at him as an upgrade at the right guard position. And then as a long-term solution, putting him next to Landon Dickerson, I think would, would be a a nice little fit for that offensive line. So I went there uh, for this pick and then let's snake it. I want to give my second pick. Um, So, so we're going to, we're, we're going to snake through these picks. Uh, I kept the 16th overall pick, and I went with Trent McDuffie. Uh, Trent McDuffie, the corner out of Washington, he's a guy that we've talked about on the show, not really extensively, uh, but there are certain certain analysts and scouts that have him as CB1 over a lot of these guys, over Sauce Gardner, over Derek Stingley, over Andrew Booth, who was my CB1. But I think McDuffie profiles as, um, you know, I think he's better as a CB2 because I think that where we're going to uh, criticize him, I guess, is his length. I don't think he has the length to be a dominant uh, press corner or really even, yeah, I don't think he can be a dominant CB1, but that's not what they need at this point. Um, and ultimately, I think we will see a couple of the corners come off the board before this pick. So uh, I went with McDuffie here as a decent fit opposite Darius Slay. Yeah, I don't, I don't hate it. I'm very curious to see how the corners kind of run here. Um, I'm definitely an advocate of the Seahawks taking one at nine, but depending on what goes on two, maybe they go quarterback instead. Maybe they go edge instead. Offensive, they they can go so many ways. Um, yeah. And then it, there's multiple other teams: Jets, Vikings, Texans, Ravens. They could all get a corner two right before them. So I'm not really quite sure what happens with that. Um, so maybe McDuffie is the best of the situation. I had Andrew Booth falling there at 16. Um, he's kind of – he's starting to go up the boards, but through this process so far, he's been viewed as by far like the third or fourth man of the group, uh, which, I, you know, <laughs> when I'm when I'm finished, I'll give more uh, of a grade on that, and we'll see where he actually stands for me. But he's very, very good, and he will be a corner one, in my opinion, in the NFL with some seasoning. 
where else are you going to get better teaching and seasoning than Darius Slay? So Andrew Booth would give them a great cornerback room right off the start, basically. Yeah, I, I think they actually – I think he plays kind of similar to Slay in, at times. Yeah, um, and so I, I do like that fit. And Booth <clears throat> Booth is my CB1, and he is staying yeah. my CB1. I don't care what everyone else says. Sorry. I think there's a, a really good chance – we aren't talking about the trades. I think there's a good chance that – they trade up to get whatever receiver they want with the 15th or 19th, 16th pick. And if they have the 16th pick here, I think this is their move back pick because of uh, wide receiver willing to take teams of the Chargers and Saints before their next pick at 19. I think if they get the receiver first, they're going to be trading this pick to the Packers or the Chiefs or whoever that really want a receiver and one of these top guys instead of waiting. So, that's a swing pick for me, but I didn't trade in this one because I didn't want to do the work. So uh, I just sat here and took a really good quarter, in my opinion. Yeah, I like it. All right, Adam, where'd you go with the 16th pick? Yeah, so I was between a cornerback here or the guy that I ended up picking. Um, I think ultimately what it comes down to, Howie has a, a habit of this, of taking the best player available. Um kind of regardless of position, unless you have, you know, an all pro there at the moment. And I know technically we have an all pro and Jason Kelsey at the moment, but we all know he has a year, maybe two, but in reality it's, he has one last year. And then the Eagles have always, how he's always built from the trenches. He's always focused on the offensive line. He's always focused on the defensive line and you build out. If he falls at all, I expect Tyler Linderbaum um, from Iowa um, just because how he's made it clear as long as he's made decisions. He builds from the trenches, and he's the best interior lineman in this draft. Um, and we've always had Jason Kelsey have Linderbaum play a year behind Kelsey and kind of learn the ropes, develop, and then take over, keep Dickerson at the guard and let him develop at the guard position. Can help. You know, his development's not going to do well for Dickerson if he plays two years at guard, goes to center, realize, okay, maybe he can't play center. Let's go put him back at guard. Okay, well, that messed up his whole whole uh, development. So if Linderbaum's there, I would be mad if the Eagles passed on him. That's fair. He, I think he's a good fit for what they're trying to do. I, I think he moves really well, which is – that's kind of why I went with Zion um, with that pick. So – um, because I think he moves well too, but I think an in interior offensive line, whether it's center or guard, I think that that is definitely on the table here with one of their first three picks. Adam, where did you go for the 19th pick? So kind of going off cornerback, um, and you'll notice throughout my mock, I don't acknowledge the cornerback position because even though we always joke that Howie doesn't acknowledge the linebacker position, he didn't acknowledge cornerback until day three last year. Yep. And he's yeah. it's not a position he really acknowledges either. And also kind of the cornerbacks that I kind of had my eye set on, none of them really consistently fell to the Eagles here. Um, so I went with uh, Devin Lloyd, linebacker from Utah. Um, probably not going to happen because he hasn't acknowledged the linebacker position since um, before I was born. But, you know, eventually I'm going to – Say the Eagles are picking a linebacker and it's going to happen. So this is going to be the year the Eagles are going to take a linebacker and it's going to be Devin Lloyd. 
That, that's that's my there's my logic that eventually it's gonna happen. Hey, remember too, this is the Friday fix. You are fixing the Eagles, so you yeah. were able to attack that <laughs> linebacker position. Yeah, uh, definitely, it's an instant upgrade and absolutely solidifies the position where everyone else is just depth behind at this point. Uh, so. Yeah, Devin Lloyd's incredible, so that's a smart pick. Um, and y- you gave a realistic situation, too, where there's multiple teams, like I talked about, wanting a corner before this 19th pick, and they might all be gone uh, because you prioritized the offensive line and wide receiver beforehand, which is also a smart move, and what he has already shown he's going to do. So, yeah, right. hit another spot. Um, I Binds a repeat again here. Going in the middle, I went with Zion Johnson uh, from Boston College. I think he's better for the Eagles than Linderbaum, only for the fact that this way you have both guards locked up and then you have two guards that can play center at a good level, and then you just have to figure out guards next year instead. Whereas I'm not sure Linderbaum's going to be the best guard for his rookie year. <laughs> uh, right. And that's that's something I worry about, uh, especially in this scheme. I'm not sure he's going to be the best guard because Landon had a really – rough start to at guard transitioning from center for the season. Uh, well, I think he did play a little bit better down the stretch and I think he could have a good year this year. Um, it, Linderbaum 6'2", 295, smaller arms. I, I would rather him just play center in my opinion, but. Yeah. I don't think he can play guard. I, I don't. <laughs> I think like, he can. I just don't know if he'll do it well, like you're saying. Yeah. So, so yeah, I th- I I would struggle to see them take a first round pick and sit them, but it's kind of no different than taking a quarterback and doing the same thing with no. them, you know. Yeah, which uh, you can't sit him. He would have to play guard. And I think Litterbaum's probably going to grade I, I think he has graded better than Landon uh for me. Mm-hmm. So it fits. But Landon had some great tape. It's yeah. I'm not going to lie. I think like if we had to move Landon Dixon to center, um I don't think it would be a bad decision. No. I think it was just going to be – it's going to take time for him now to readjust. And if we have the opportunity to put him at – keep him at guard and let him develop at guard, I'd prefer to that. Then just keep switching guys from, okay, this game you're playing this position, Jason Kelsey's hurt. Yeah. You're, now the, you're now our starting center. Congratulations. Oh, Kelsey's <clears throat> back. You're back to left guard. Why are you playing like shit? Okay, well. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. For sure. Um, no, I like the pick. I've, and the reason I went Zion first is because that's what I wrote in my mock this week. But also uh, because uh, I think the Chargers have a shot to take Zion Johnson. I think they're going to be looking to upgrade the right guard and tackle position. Um, it's possible. It's, right tackle is more of a need than the right guard. But I get what I you ag- mean. I agree, but I also don't know that the fit makes sense there unless they're like <clears throat> reaching on Bernard Raymond. So that's where I, I get a little nervous that the Chargers well, will go with the guard position. There's a chance Penning's there too. True. But Penning's footwork sucks at left tackle, so they moving him to right. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. They, hey, it if can it suck sucks at left, too. it means he's he stepped with the wrong feet. Go to right. That's, It'll be perfect. That's true. <laughs> All right. Uh, I actually did a trade back here uh, because I have the Cardinals baby doing dumb boy. shit. Yeah, just just a little baby. Just a but, baby. So I, so I have the Cardinals coming up to take, I believe I gave them Kyir Elam in my mock uh, at 19, but they moved up ahead of someone else who needs a corner somewhere in that range. Patriots at 21. Yes, that I think that's who it was. But 
And and I could actually see the Patriots really liking Elam. So mm-hmm. that's, I think, why I justified it. But I had the Eagles moving back and taking Lewis Seen, the safety out of Georgia. Uh, kid's crazy. Big hitter. Uh, Uber athlete. Still figuring out how to cover, I think. Uh, it's caught in, in no man's land quite a bit. But I actually think that of the safety, he's my safety too. And safety one is Kyle Hamilton. He is long gone at this point. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I do think they addressed the safety position fairly early because it is so rough at this point. So uh, they added a, a 2023 third round pick in this scenario. So. Yeah, I I mean I I love seeing. I think he's my gonna be my safety too as well. So it all works out. It's just it's still a little rich for seed in my opinion, but he's gonna be gone by fifty one. So you have to make your choice. Right. All right. And then this is my my snake. So at fifty one, I went with uh, Perry and Winfrey, defensive tackle out of Oklahoma. He's a kid I'm not as high on. Um, just compared to consensus because I've now seen him. Oh, we lost Adam. Um, this guy. Adam, Adam will come back. That's okay. Yeah. Um, I believe we're, him. yeah, we're going <laughs> to, we're going to take that off. So it's not over our faces. Um, Perry and Winfrey though, he played out of position at Oklahoma. I think they tried him at, uh, I can't, it's been a long time since I watched this tape. I think they tried him at three tech and he just isn't that. I think he's more of a nose tackle. Um, crazy first step. I th- I think that he is. I don't know what his uh, relative athletic score is off the top of my head, um, and I don't even know if he has one at this point. Um, but Winfrey's a, a dude. Like he, he can get up the field. I think you combine him. Uh, I think you combine him with what I I think. I think Milton Williams is going to be a really good player. So then I think you have four defensive tackles. Now it's going to take some development, but I think it's going to come. Um, and so I think you take those four players and you roll with them. Fuck you. I hate you. Uh, <laughs> and you roll with them. Uh, and I think you solidify the interior of your defensive line, which is something that they have the ability to do with all these picks at the top of it. Yeah. It solidifies the future. It's just not, like I said, it's lower on my list. Um, but in the second round, it's perfectly fine. It's just, mm-hmm. it's very tempting to take Jordan Davis if he's there or uh, Wyatt. I, I completely get that. It's just, eh, to me. Yeah, no, I get it. And and I looked at it as BPA because that's kind of what, um, just with how the league views him, I, that's what I would do. So. All right. Uh, Adam's returned. It is my pick right now, but I'll get to his quickly. Uh, I went with safety addressed here at 51 with Jaquan Brisker, the safety from Penn State. Uh, he would be your best safety by far, so everyone else can play wherever they have to play, be it Anthony Harris or Kayvon Wallace. Uh, it, Brisker is very, very talented. Uh, there's a chance that the top like four or five safeties are gone by this pick. I hope that's not true for the Eagles because they desperately need it. Uh, but maybe a situation like Christian pointed out is – a better opportunity for them to make sure they get the one that they want. But Brisker, he's going to be a little bit lower than seen for me, but he he's uber talented. He's, he's going to be a good player for them. Yeah, I think so too. All right, Adam, you've returned. Who is your pick at 51? Um, so kind of, like I said earlier, how he loves building from the trenches. Um, he always has, always will. 
Um, even if we have a guy on at the defensive line, he wants two or three guys behind him. So I wanted the Marvin Leal defensive tackle from Texas A&M, um, who's been slipping a lot. Um, you know, probably won't even be there um, at that point. But you know how he's always that's how he is. He's gonna build from the trenches. Um, I don't like the pick or the idea. I think we need to keep the guys we have there who you know are playing solid. Yes, they're probably going to get hurt, but, you know, we have other areas that those players are going to get hurt, and then we're going to have little garbage out there. Um, so I went to Marvin Leal, though. Um, the literal trash kid. Little trash. <laughs> His name's Jalen Rieger, but. <laughs> he's on <laughs> off. Oh, Jalen's uh, throwing balls to uh, Jalen Rieger, and he's just taking the catching the ball and throwing it in the garbage can. Um, got it. Yeah. Um, no, I like the layout pick. I, I I ultimately think that he will be there, uh, though he might go in like the 30 to 40 range. They may need to use something that they move back with to, to go back up and get him, which I think we could see a lot more movement from Howie even on day two than we normally do, but we'll see. Uh, he's, he should be flexible. I'm just not sure what he wants to do. You don't want to bring in 10 rookies every year. That's just not good team building. Right. Uh, and he's got so many, uh, like, it'd be smart. Maybe it's not moving out from these picks or moving back, but taking like all three fifths and trying to get a, a back end third instead and trying to get talent that way. But we'll see. Yeah. All right. All right. Your so snake this, pick, Adam. Yeah. Adam, hit us with your third round pick. So I want another wide receiver, uh, Justin Ross, who I'm, they'll come in and he's still going to be a better wide receiver than what we're putting out there. Uh, <laughs> So, I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Like, Jalen Rieger sucks. J.J. Arcega-Whiteside sucks. Greg Ward had some good moments. Zach Pascal is a body. Like, we need right. wide receiver help. And, yeah. I, we need, we need I, help. I don't – I don't know if this is a little early for Ross, though, personally. Like, for me, it is just with the injury risk and just the lesser. Oh, high, high risk, high reward players. We love them. The reward would be high if he was able to get back to what he was for what it's yeah. worth. I, a I think some teams sure. could take a dive on this. but I think he's going in the fourth, personally. But this is getting your guy. And at this point of the draft, most of the receivers are kind of gone anyways. So why not take a shot at upside here? It makes sense. I think this is near the top of the ceiling, but this would be a good fit for him, in my opinion, to where he gets like the year to kind of figure out his body, like fit, finish the getting back to healthy, and then you get rid of Rager and JJ next year, and <laughs> uh, Ross can step up and kind of at least be at the level that uh, Quez is at right now, off the bat, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. All right, Randy, who's your pick? All right, uh, I went with a linebacker that I'm not sure will be here at 83. The linebacking I'm sure class it is, won't be. <laughs> it's very weird. <laughs> so Christian loves Leo Chanel, uh, clearly. Uh, I do. We both love Chad Muma, so he was definitely not going to be here. But um, yeah. it's it's very weird where a lot of people like this one guy, a lot of people like this other guy. So where they're all going to fall is going to be very you know interesting to me for the draft. I'm not sure how it's actually going to play out. Uh, but he was here consistently for me, <laughs> and I thought the other guys were a little bit more of a reach at 83 uh, that were consistently there. So I took him here. He is 
Uh, there's a reason Christian's annoyed that he's here at 83 because he is not a top 90 talent. He's a top 75 talent, if not top 50 or somewhere there. Like he's he is very very good, and he would be the best linebacker in the room, in my opinion. I have a, I have a first round grade on him. So yeah, I probably won't get to that level, but uh, I like I'll the tape you. so far. I'll say. And I'll tell you, it's on the back of projection, um, which I don't normally, like normally I grade, this is the player that we're looking at and this is what a ceiling is, but this is like what he is. This is very much on the back of him being an, a crazy athlete and just not being put into positions that he can show certain things. And we will talk about this on the linebacker show. So uh, uh, he um, is this year's Baron Browning for Christian found Yes. Yes, uh, Baron Browning did. did not go in the first, by the way, everyone. Uh, like Christian, this wanted. is true. Yeah, he did go in the third, though, maybe mm. fourth. In the third, you say? Yeah, was the round pick but eighty? Would you say? I will. <laughs> I will say though. I think this the draft Twitter community is higher on Chanel, and I don't think some of the sites have caught up to do the the mock draft simulator. So maybe the league is lower on him. Who knows? But yes, um, sorry the the train the Christian's Leo Chanel train in the background was going off. Uh, that's true. Mute for a second. All right. I'm going to do my first pick and I'm going to talk for a second about it and why it makes sense. And then I think we should one liner the rest of them because we're going way over time. Well, um, fine. Yeah. But, and plus it's the later on picks and only certain people like that. But my first pick that I do want to talk about is Zamir White, the running back from Georgia. Another player, I kind of yelled at Randy. I don't think he's going to be available here with the 83rd overall pick. I think that Zamir White is going to be drafted uh, in the second round as one of the first three to four running backs off the board, linebackers, Jesus. He could probably play linebacker for what it's worth. Uh, But we talked about – I don't know about that. (laughs) Yeah, probably not. Uh, We talked about how they want a power back or just a back that maybe takes over from Miles Sanders immediately because it's not Kenneth Gainwell, it's not Boston Scott, and that's the only – those are the only two options that they have right now. Zeus still has it. I'm telling you, uh, Zamir White is a very, very good back. I think he has pass catching ability. I just don't think that he was used because James Cook was there. Another great talent, just a, a little smaller of a guy, more of a Kenneth Gainwell prototype or, or like archetype. Um, and so I think Zamir White fits exactly what they're going to be looking for in this class. If he's gone, I wanted to say that my other option would be Brian Robinson. I was going to say, they're going to be the one to draft Brian Robinson with the fourth, aren't they? Yeah. I don't don't like Brian Robinson's film. I I have him like outside of my top 20, I think, at this point. Um, (laughs) I don't know. It's more oof that you've actually fully scouted 20 running backs. I've scouted like 37, 38 or something. There's other positions. You know that, right? Yeah, well, that's the problem with my big board right now. I need to catch up. Um, But I think Zamir White fits exactly what they're looking for. And I think that he would be really fun in this scheme, like super incredibly fun. He does, and it's your overspend for a luxury position that Howie's going to do. Brian Brian Robinson is my RB19, so I I lied, I guess. He is my last RB that I've scouted. I don't know what rank that is. I think it's 16, but he's last. I have him two spots. I had a Kyron Williams. Um, fourth round pick, uh, since we're still snaking, quick quick hitters here. I went with Cole Turner, tight end out of Nevada. I think they need a jump ball red zone type of threat. They have Dallas Goddard. 
but that is kind of all they have. They have some developmental guys behind them. Yeah. Richard Rogers is there. Yeah, thank you. Uh, <laughs> I, I like Richard Rogers. I also think that they think they have something in Tyree Jackson, the former quarterback. Uh, I like Tyree Jackson as a quarterback, so I sucked at evaluating people back then. Um, <laughs> but he's a tight end now. I think they do need a different type of tight end. Colt Turner is an unfinished product, so I went with him in the fourth. Randy, who'd you go with? All right, in the fourth, I went with Isaiah Thomas, uh, Edge from Oklahoma. I didn't prioritize the exposition because of what they've signed uh, in the offseason, so I put it lower on the board, and this gives them just another crack at the board more than anything. Uh, you know, they're a 4-3 team that runs a lot of 3-4 concepts as well, so it's kind of hard to decide what they fully want on the edge position. Um, but I, I think he kind of fits at least both sides and he's a decent athlete so I, I think he's going to be a good rotational piece for them for the long haul and you know he's going to be better he, there's a chance he's going to be better than Derek Barnett uh, off the bat yeah for sure all right Adam give us the most predictable pick uh, of all of these picks Bailey Zappi quarterback Western Kentucky man quarterback factory yeah facts yeah it was, it yeah, someone throwing their pick in a keel glass. Uh, yep. <laughs> or EJ Perry. EJ yeah. Perry, we need to go back to our quarterback discussion. I think I mentioned EJ Perry. Uh, he's like taking he's taking visits with like every team, I think, because he went to Brown. I don't know. Um, that's okay. so far <laughs> off topic. Uh, Adam, who is your first fifth round pick? There are three fifth round picks for the Eagles. Uh, I went with Sterling Weatherwood Safety from Miami of Ohio. Um, we need safety help. We need help. Yeah. You, help. you want to just you want to just finish through uh, yeah, your box. We'll just all yeah. do the fifth round yeah. one time. Smoke Monday, safety from Auburn. Just <laughs> need help. Cool name, man. Philly, how we love drafting players with cool names. You're like, come on. Uh <laughs> that's two back to back. So yeah. That's a Alan Roseman move right there. And then Christian Tur- uh talked on it. Cole Turner tight end from Nevada. We Eagles have always historically, regardless of the system and coach, have always kind of run with two tight ends. Now that Zach Ertz is in Arizona, we had Dallas Goddard, but not really that second tight end, and we need that kind of red zone threat. So I'm with Cole Turner. Yeah, uh, all are good. I, I think you did the opposite approach of us. We took safeties early. You took more back-end guys, but guys that have some upside, and you just took shots at it, and that's perfectly fine. If linebacker shows us anything, that's exactly the kind of thing they would do on uh, corner as well. Uh, so it makes perfect sense to me. Uh, and yeah, like you said, both cool names, but both are good outside positions. And I didn't stress tight end when I went over the team needs because I do like Richard Rogers and Tyree Jackson, uh, Tyrese Jackson a little bit. Uh, but I do agree. And I did change my last pick because of that, that they need to take another swing in the position. Uh, my first fifth round pick, I want Jack Jones, the corner from Arizona State. Uh, he's not going to be a starter day one, uh, but I think he would fight to be the rotational quarter between with all those other guys that I mentioned earlier. Uh, he, he's really he's talented, but he's he's still got a lot of work out in my opinion. Uh, and then I got Matt Hennin, Henningsen, the D tackle from Wisconsin. Just get a, another big athletic body in the D tackle room. I don't think you need to dress the position as early as you guys did and as early as fans do, but we just have different molds of how these should attack uh, necessarily. And for me, he has enough upside 
that with how you've kind of drafted with Fletcher Cox and Hargrave there, you just keep drafting upside guys in the middle rounds. And I think you just continue to do that here. And then I finished it off with Daniel Bellinger, a tight end we just talked about on Monday uh, from San Diego State. Raw. You know, he's definitely raw, but he is an aggressive blocker, and he he is just an aggressive player, and he's actually really talented. Uh, and I think he's a fifth-round pick, most likely, and he actually will fit what they want with the hands and aggression. Uh, to where I do think he develops – Clearly, and I don't think he plays a ton this year, but you're going to probably end up moving on for one or both of uh, your backup tight ends this year, you know, after this year, because either they one of them works out or neither works out or both work out. I think the, the, the last of those is not a really good option to go with. So getting another body that has all the upside that they want at the tight end position with blocking and receiving is a smart play. We just talked through tight ends this week as well, so go check that out. Um, was that this week? It's yeah, a long it was week. Monday. That's that's <laughs> not nice. right. feels like it was two weeks ago. Um, okay, my fifth round. So I kind of cheated. I don't think this player is going to be. Oh, here is Tindo going to be there in the fifth? Huh? No, he's oh, not. Yeah, well. He's not. But I cheated because he was there a couple times, uh, and I avoided it at first. And then I said, you know what? No, I want. I want him. Uh, I'm going to act like teams are going to be afraid to draft him because he didn't get a whole lot of playing time. Uh, Channing Tindall, insane, insane range, insane burst. Like, um, just it. I we all wait until the linebacker episode because I'm gonna rave about this kid too. I like this linebacker class a lot. I think you got a starter right there, uh, in the fifth round if he falls that far. So that would be a good pick. I went with Tyreek Smith, the edge out of Ohio State. I've talked about him before. Uh, I think I was a little underwhelmed with his athleticism and his testing numbers which knocked him a little bit, but I still think that he's good. I think he's a situational edge. I think that you can put him as a standing edge rusher or with a hand in the dirt. And I think that that's something that versatility is something that Howie likes. He likes players like that. And then I finally attacked the wide receiver position, which in reality, like if I'm, if I'm Howie, I'm doing this a lot earlier, but I didn't like the value on the board as I was doing these. Uh, and I went with Reggie Roberson, the wide receiver out of SMU. I actually wrote a piece about him last year before he uh, returned to school. Um, I don't remember for what, or it, it was a piece for someone else, but essentially good separator was pretty productive. I question his ability to win versus press still, but he does have some nice footwork coming off of like two major injuries. I think he, could be had maybe in the sixth or seventh round, but I reached for him here because I like the player. Um, and I think that that's something that how he does is he will reach. He doesn't give a shit. So facts. Uh, but ultimately I think you're looking in at, at a situation where he's probably your wide receiver four immediately, maybe five. Uh, I like high tower still. I think high tower has upside and just hasn't seen the field. Uh, but I think Roberson could challenge him. Uh, so you'd be behind Devante, Pascal, Quez, and then it's kind of a crapshoot after that. So, Yeah, at least, and with your version, it's probably like yours is a lot of the version where the wide receiver run happens, unlike where most mock draft machines are predicting heavy edge, heavy corner before the Eagles pick, where I, I don't necessarily think that's true. I think wide receiver – has a really good chance to go early. So they may, if they don't trade up, 
maybe in a bad situation to where it's not a good value anymore for them. So you went a different direction. That makes perfect sense. Uh, you you got to go with the board it's given you. Uh, I think you still maybe instead of going win for you, you go there, but that's how they draft, you know? <laughs> uh, and if, if they really do like what they have in Quez, which all signs point to they do, uh, it gives you a little bit of <laughs> ability to wait and just kind of replace your junk that you have at the end of the drawer. Yeah. All right. Well, that will do it for our Friday fix of the Philadelphia Eagles. Before we go, I think it would be good. Adam, how do you think the Eagles make the playoffs next year? Yes, because the NFC East is still a joke. <laughs> the NFC is becoming a joke. Yeah, yeah but more yeah. so the NFC. And that's what's gonna. I, what, that's what got us in the playoffs last year. And it's what's gonna yeah. get us in the playoffs next year. I yeah. we'll, we'll see. I'm very curious once we get through this draft how we're gonna. Commander Carson's not turning the Washington <laughs> around, so just stop that. He's not, but depending on what they pick, besides that, he might not have to. Uh, that's the that's the thing. He might be able to Mac Jones his way through it into the playoffs. That's true. That is true. All Doesn't right. mean he wins the division though. By any means. That's that's true. Uh, We don't have time for... (laughs) We don't have time for Christian's ending segment, apparently. Uh, (laughs) Transition. Apparently Christian just got kicked from the call. Uh, So I'll just quickly wrap up for him. Obviously, we went a little bit over than we normally do, but, you know, with the guest on, that's what's going to happen. And we want to talk to Adam about the team he actually enjoys watching. Uh, Depends on the day. Yeah, it depends on the day. As uh, Browns fans ourselves, we understand that clearly. I just have Christian on my face, apparently. Uh, and that's hilarious to say out loud. What a mad sentence to say. Holy I'm back wow. and recording that one. Yeah, that's fair. I don't blame it all. Uh, that's hilarious that I even said those words. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but for me, I think it was fine. Like, I think we addressed a lot of the holes. Uh, but for... Adam, thank you for coming on. I know you're doing so many different things now, so do you want to plug in anything for the upcoming season? Yeah, I'm still doing all about the birds, all about the sports, whatever they're at this name of their site is at this point. changes every week. Yeah. Like, um, We got the college football cut, hopefully starting uh, this upcoming season, unless you guys have fired me. Um, uh, we have not. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we will not fire you, no. <laughs> okay, good. Then <laughs> we will be back in uh, – the fall. Good. All right. Hey, good. Hey, and now Christian's back uh, from that awkward transition we had to do. Uh- <laughs> I apologize. I don't know. My computer just completely crashed. It, it went black and never happened before. So I'm going to fix that. What I was saying you before I left. <laughs> yeah. Good God. Uh, what I was saying is we don't have time for our Marvel Talk DC edition, but there was something to talk about. Um, Adam, have you seen the Batman? That's what I was going to ask. I've not seen it yet. Okay. Well, then we can't talk about anything. Yeah. Different time. uh, (laughs) We will. Next week, probably. So Next uh, year's Eagles Friday fix. We can discuss it. (laughs) Next year's. You know, we'll we'll hope for your sake we don't have to do an Eagles one, uh, but we'll see. So see you next yeah 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 (laughs) it's probably fair all right well that will do it for this episode i'm sorry for uh cutting out there but uh we will be back on monday randy and i will be with offensive line no no we're doing uh mock drafts we changed it 
We did change it. We are doing a mock draft. Talk at all, or do you guys just sometimes? <laughs> we we literally changed it during and after the show. He's just forgetful. Yeah, this is true. Uh, it's been a long week, like I said, but we will be back doing a mock draft on Monday, and I'm excited for that. Um, I was cramming, thinking we were doing offensive line, so dope. Um, You're literally the one that changed it, by the way. Just want that point out. I remember now, <laughs> but that's okay. Uh, all right. Uh, for Adam Mack and Randy Hall, I'm Christian Williams. We'll talk to you guys next week. Later.